You're listening to another podcast on the Cloud Evangelist website. My name is Richard Morrell. Thanks for taking time to download this file. Today's a special podcast. For the last four or five years, I've been involved very much in cloud security, but around virtualization and around understanding how security affects the ambitions and also the needs of CIOs, developers, administrators in all types of virtualization environments. One of the crutches that I've been using for the last few years is a Bible. Now, those of you who've seen me on stage globally, wherever I'm traveling, I use this phrase, who wants to go to jail first? And apologies to Jeremy Brown at Red Hat, because his eyes roll out of his head every time I say it. But I get people going white in the audience when I try to explain to them about the needs and their responsibilities around security. And I talk to them about this document they've never heard of. This document, this enshrined holy Bible of cloud security, the cloud security line, CCM, the, 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 the matrices that define whether or not you can actually start enabling your ambitions around cloud. Now, I couldn't have done any of this without the mantra and the doctrine of the Cloud Security Alliance, which was the the thought and the, uh, and, and, the, and the child of the guy sitting opposite me today, who's the legend, who's Jim Rivas. Jim, introduce yourself. Thanks, Richard. This is Jim Rivas, and I'm Executive Director of the Cloud Security Alliance. And Richard, I tell you, um, if you ever uh, need a new father, I would be happy to adopt you. I just love the work you're doing in evangelizing something that is, is very near and dear to me. I've uh, done been involved in the information security industry for, for close to 25 years, uh, really since there was an information security industry, and have done a lot of for-profit things. But we've built this very exciting grass roots nonprofit organization that has just gone gangbusters uh, worldwide and it's really exciting because it's it's one of those grassroots community efforts where we see where the future of information technology is going and we're all working together to figure out how can we in a very responsible agile way lead to this this great adoption of cloud computing in a, in a secure responsible way because you know richard the world is changing so much and it's not just about cloud being able to provide this great opex savings for organizations but people are actually using this to fail fast or to Prove new ideas very quickly without having to buy a lot of infrastructure. And we really are changing the world, and this is disrupting so much. So it's very exciting with people like you supporting this to really be able to move very quickly and define best practices so people have a lot of confidence in, in using cloud computing. We've got a lot of work we need to do, but I'm very excited about the progress we've made so far. So the CSA, where did it actually come from? So it was literally an idea I had in 2008 where since I've been around the industry quite a while, I've, I've networked with a lot of different people and you could see that virtualization and cloud were on a lot of uh, CIOs and CISOs radars. And uh, you, you could see they're starting to do pilots and figuring out where this fit in or they were finding uh, cloud services inside of uh, business units and it's often been called revenge of the business units because they were going around their their central IT infrastructure so you know knowing the history of information security which has been uh, deny the presence of new technologies uh, try to prevent them and then when you're forced to at gunpoint almost then you accept those the the idea was why don't we be proactive for once in this industry why don't we develop some best practices and why don't we do that on a community consensus basis? Because the thing I could see, Richard, when you looked at how this is being adopted and how grassroots it was and how disruptive that 
this is likely going to disrupt standards body. So we can't do this as another standards play because those things take four or five years to develop. And then where would cloud be in another four or five years? So the idea was really to let's let's build a new organization that has the aspects of a social network so we can react very quickly, have some of the aspects of a professional association information security, have some uh, aspects of a research institution. So just by networking with my friends and colleagues who helped me on other uh, organizations and other startups, we came up with the idea in late 2008. And the, the idea then was, should we just announce that we're here? Or should we announce ourselves in a more substantial way? And what we decided to do was, if we really want to take the leadership position, we need to announce this thing with the best practices, at least in a, in a rudimentary format, ready to go. So we decided at uh, RSA 2009 to make that our target launch. And we had a full 13 domains of guidance. And there's a lot of great people that were involved with that and you know Chris Hoff comes to mind and John mm -hmm. Callis and a lot of other people who are very well known in the industry but um, at that point we launched and and from there it's actually been nothing but moving upward and onward because we just continue to iterate things we find new things we need to fix we find new research projects that we need to go attack and you know it's gone from something that Really, when I look at it, look at the stats, you know, we're over 45,000 individual members now. Um, more than half of those are outside of the Americas. So big uptake in Europe and Asia with this. So, you know, that's where we started. And, uh, you know, now we're, we're working with governments, we're working with industry, but we're also, we haven't lost touch with the, the grassroots and the individuals. That's where a lot of the great ideas come up with or come up with. I often describe the CSA as the axle grease of cloud because you lubricate things and actually help us get past some of that fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Uh, I was a little bit worried where you might be going with lubricant, <laughs> but you know, we'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take that. Um, this is a PG show. But uh, that's, I've, I've actually been told that by a lot of large enterprises that are standardized on our best practices that they've said that you're making a cloud adoption be defensible by us because you're giving us arguments for auditors, regulators, for risk managers on here's how we, we, we can see all the attractiveness of this, but is it ready? And by providing that framework of best practices, we're able to give them the ability to do that. I was in Bern in Switzerland about 14, 15 months ago now. Um, and they like they like me. They like giving me awards because I've done a lot of stuff with the open source stuff in Switzerland. It's great. I'm very proud of it. I spent a lot of time there as a child, so it's, it's all come full circle for me. But I started talking to them two or three years ago about the cloud security alliance and the CCMs. And now it's a de facto standard within many open source projects within government in Switzerland use CCM because it enables them to have audit as a 24-7-365 rather than a once-a-year activity where everyone's terrified of whoever's coming in from right. PwC or from Goldman Sachs or whoever's doing the audit. They have a living, breathing risk register based around CCM. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's been um, probably our most popular project. The, the cloud controls matrix is something that in a very succinct way and mapped to all the other standards and regulations, whether it's PCI, it's ISO 27001, it's something that gives you a very defensible way to create this framework. And we found um, how 
industries can very rapidly uh, use this in a way that's customized to their industry versus uh, creating something from scratch. So a good example is Internet, too. Now, they work with higher education. They basically are higher education in the United States, and they are were looking at how they would develop a cloud provider certification. They were actually thinking about starting from scratch. And then they saw what we had with CCM, and what they said was, we can just use this and then let's map in some of the unique regulatory requirements that we have, like FERPA, things that govern like student loans and the privacy and a a lot of those things. And it mapped in perfectly and they're, they're running forward with that. And the, the man hours, if they were to create their own like fed ramp or something like that would have just been, it probably would have been a showstopper. And so it, it provides a very agile way to, to move forward. I think FedRAMP's important from a, a cloud adoption perspective as long as you start thinking literally about how you need to understand your workload, you need to understand your whole environment around cloud, but also the things that are going to catch fire as well. And FISMA and FIPS, especially in the USDOD space, have essentially been replaced now with a common sense attitude, and the CSA has been part of that. Yep. Yeah, we're we're not pushing ourselves on on the U.S. federal government and FedRAMP, but we find they're coming to us. We're attracting them because hey, you want to use FedRAMP? Okay, here's how it's mapped. You want to use FISMA? Here's how it mapped. Here's how it fits into what we're doing. And hey, by the way, you might be wanting to work with a whole supply chain of cloud providers who may not know a lot about FedRAMP and FISMA, and we give them that bridge so that they can be. Uh, something that's compliant uh, a lot sooner. And, you know, when we think about, you know, hey, what's the future of assurance? Just take that really broad word and how are we going to do that? You know, the the types of certifications and risk assessments that can be done through a FedRAMP or can be done through like an audit through a CPA, that's only going to be one leg of this. The other leg is something that's been mentioned a lot is continuous monitoring. Yeah, it needs to be continuously monitored. And that's that's from an immediacy, from a real-time perspective, that's very important. But there's a third leg which CSA is bringing to the table that no one else is, and that's the community policing. And that's how we can rapidly change the the dynamics of from a qualitative perspective of what the controls look like. So with something like uh, CSA Star Public Registry, which very excited. I know you're not promoting Red Hat, but I'm very glad that you joined uh, last week and and published that. But uh, when you have public <coughs> controls that are out there and it's all published the community can actually police the cloud much better because I think what you're going to start seeing is they're going to compare all of these different uh, ways of securing the cloud and they're going to say, hey, we like this from this cloud provider, we like this from this cloud provider, and we're all competitors or not, we're going to actually work together and we're going to actually come up with supersets of controls based on cloud controls matrix that are going to provide us even even better security. And that whole that's that's real crowdsourcing that really works. Some, that's an overused term, and it's not always a good term, but in our case, that's actually a really good term. And so we see that sort of three legs of assurance is something that is, is going to be a, a very interesting dynamic that's going to change how we have trust and confidence in not only cloud, but all future IT uh, systems that we're going to see. I've heard analysts describe the star thing as the ultimate Swiss Army knife against vendor lock-in, against cloud provider lock-in. Yeah, I, I think it, it actually does provide a lot of that because uh, transparency, I think it was a Supreme Court justice 100 years ago that said, yeah, sunlight is the best disinfectant. And I think that transparency, it's going to lend to a lot of other ways in 
APIs and interfaces and, and the architecture of your clouds, your hybrid clouds, and how you move your workloads between different systems and, and the different brokers or the layers that you're going to have to be in there. In order to make that happen, you know, we can't take the old approach again of let's take five years to build the standards and all the reference architectures, although we're helping do some of that, but let's just be very transparent. Someone comes up with a new great application in cloud and we need to figure out how to make that work on a lot of different platforms. It's only through transparency and really publishing how we're doing a lot of those things that we're going to make that happen rapidly enough. So if I am a large enterprise customer with operations in multiple territories in sensitive areas of cloud, CSA gives me a fighting chance. Yeah, I'd say so because we are not uh, aligned with any specific country or region. And, you know, more and more, again, with this viral adoption, what we're doing is getting mapped all over the place. So, uh, for example, our German chapter has mapped our practices to BSI. That's that's the German BSI. That's not the British BSI, <laughs> but they've mapped CCM to that. So if you, if you are a, an organization that's going to have your information in a lot of different countries with a lot of different providers, we do give you that ability to move real quickly. And if, if you see a mapping that's not there, we'll build it very quickly. The community will build it. It's not just uh, one person. It's just not myself that's in my office. The community will go add the, the correlation between what we're doing and the regulatory requirements that you might have. Next steps for the CSA. Where's it going next? Well, we are, we're actually working to fulfill a lot of this vision of how you make this, um, continuous monitoring, um, how you make this, uh, and harmonization of the certification. And one interesting, uh, next, next step with our CSA star is we are working with uh, the British Standards Institution. Now it's the other BSI to look at, hey, if you are going to do an ISO 27001, how can it be scoped so that the actual controls and practices are CCM? So that's going to, it's it's sort of a pragmatic way of looking at it that, hey, if the world is going to go do that, we're going to make sure that at least that ISO 27001 certification is going to have CCM practices. So you'll see later this year a something that's called CSA STAR certification if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of uh, um, really interesting research projects inside of our GRC stack, um, Cloud Trust Protocol and Cloud Audit, which are doing the continuous monitoring portion of this. And so you're going to see some pilots and some activity there that will actually essentially think of it as um, an SNMP for GRC in the cloud. So mm-hmm. that will enable a lot of the continuous monitoring and getting those embedded with a lot of the products um, and you know, a lot of the open source stuff, as well as a lot of the um, the, the co- other commercial software providers, getting them to be using this is going to be um, very important. And, 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 and sort of jumping in here, I do want to make sure that people understand GRC, governance, risk, and control. If you've been to one of my shows, I often get people to put their hands up and two people in a room of 50 put their hands up when I talk about GRC. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an audit sort of um, thing, but yeah, it's uh, something that's uh, very important here. And you, you got to, it's it's sort of balancing um, what are my compliance requirements and, and align those with the risk management. Because, you know, if you're, a, if you're a security person or business person, a lot of times we see compliance is actually uh, defocusing us from the business. And the whole GRC concept is actually how do you make compliance actually accelerate your business? And so that's, that's hopefully what we're going to be able to do and help people um, in real time. So we're going to be doing that. You're going to see, I think, a lot more 
technical research. We're going to get a lot more technical and identity management, encryption, key management. We started for more from that government governance side because there were so many different when we started this, so many different types of clouds. And the commonality was your fiduciary responsibility, your responsibility to your stockholders, your responsibility to your um, auditors. And so we started at that high governance level to come up with the research there. But now we are working more and more to look at things as, you know, how, how can we, how can we create identities that are very portable, that federate well, that work with mobile devices? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be more and more important. If we don't, in this whole internet of things and a hundred billion internet connected devices in a few years, if we don't figure out how we can, um, have a trusted identity associated with that, we're gonna have a lot of problems. There's just no doubt that uh, we're gonna um, we're gonna get overwhelmed by this. We're gonna have to change a lot of our practices um, to be able to support that. So I, I think you're gonna see us to get a lot more technical. But you know, fundamentally, we're not gonna change our approach. We're not gonna change its grassroots uh, the ability of any one person anywhere in the world having a, the right idea and they want to start a new CSA research project. We're going to always support that. We're not going to sell out to the man. We're not going to do any of those sorts of things. We're going to continue to focus with that sort of philosophy. But I think you're going to see a lot more a lot more research and we're, we're definitely going to continue this global push. Um, headquarters in Singapore, um, uh, research is, uh, um, a lot of research is in Europe as well as in the um, U.S. and, um, you know, I think it's just going to continue to see a lot more activity in Latin America. We're going to, going to go wherever the cloud is. I was over in Portland last week for the OpenStack Developer Summit and I was in one of the tracks. I think there was a security working group track and also the guys who were talking about, you know, software defined networking. Again, yet more yep. security. It becomes not just commonplace, but a de facto by security aspects by design within cloud. You can't retrofit it. This needs to be fitted. At ground zero, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're doing some things that are breaking a lot of rules, and the the problem is if we don't find uh, defensible ways of doing this from a security perspective, we're we're going to see some real compromises in the technology that uh, is actually becoming the, the winning technology. We've seen how that's that's worked in the past and it's not been been good so you know software defined networking we see is uh, actually a fundamental part of our, our virtualization domain we're going to reboot that and it initially is more focused on the os side which has obviously been a lot more uh, um, pervasive but sdn is is it's we, we got to think virtually in all all aspects of this we got to think of ourselves as avatars and we got to think about how do we create a virtual germany inside of a san francisco data center we've got to have that sort of mentality and sdn and as that integrates with uh other thinkings of of cloud that's that's a very important part of it so we're going to tackle that as well and you were over here for infosec securities over at olympia this week Yes, yes, I am. It, I was, uh, it was, you know, I was in Kiev and uh, talking about cybersecurity over there. And so on the way home, I thought I would uh, go drop in and uh, bless bless people with my my presence here. And we're gonna see. I'm seeing a few uh, um, interesting new uh, companies that are on the show floor. And then we're gonna be talking a, a lot more about our assurance. We have a workshop uh, um, at the conference as well, and also people sitting examinations. 
Yep, the the CCSK, our um, Certificate of Cloud Security Knowledge, we we have a course and and exams are are happening this week here. We actually have an announcement um, this week as well with uh, ISC Squared that uh, we're going to collaborate on a complementary certification in sort of this this cloud security networking area that we haven't defined very well. That was sort of that nexus I was talking about, uh, software defined networking and you know OpenStack and and uh, where we all play. And, and how all that sort of fits together. So we, we want we want very smart um, workers that can be very um, agile in their thinking about architectures and make different parts of the cloud very interchangeable so they can support this sort of on-demand figuring out how we can um, reorient our architecture to support the, the workloads and the databases going where they need to go. And so we, we need to have a lot more people who understand that. We can't do it in the universities. This is applied knowledge. So um, we're going to be working on a certification on that side as well. Jim, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thanks for taking time out to do this. I think it's important because we're talking about the dirty dark arts and it's not necessarily fashionable to talk about security, but if we're talking about as part of de facto go to work, we can't we can't get a cloud without it. We we hope so. We we think that we have to we have to enable the good guys, and we're we're trying to uh, not stop things like security industries happened in the past. So I really appreciate your evangelism around this. I think it's very important. We have to have people shouting from the the mountaintops about this. So your participation is really appreciated, Richard. Uh, thanks a lot. As my boss points out, being two hundred and sixty pounds and six foot three, I get people's attention when I said you want to go to jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I'm, my calling. I'm, in, in I'm, my, my calling in life is to intimidate people. I I'm, think. I'm quaking over here right now. So <laughs> don't hurt me. Jim, thanks for taking your time out today. Take care. Cheers, guys.